Welcome in, everybody. So please bear with me with your host, Travis Corley, and bring in the energy today because we need it after that gut-wrenching loss. But you know what? McLean was alive and well, and it was a really fun atmosphere. And now we are heading up to Austin, maybe our last time heading to Austin for a long time for a chance to ruin the Big 12 title aspirations of rival Texas Longhorns. It is the best time of year, guys. Thanksgiving week, we've got time off of work. The kids have time off from school. And Scotty Swingler is back at it again. We're gonna cover that TCU game. Look ahead to Texas. Please bear with me. Baylor fans, welcome into Please Bear With Me and back at it again with our good friend, Scotty Swingler. What's up, Scotty? What's up, man? Quite the intro there. Thank you. Hey, man, just kept trying to bring the energy, you know, like after these last two weeks, we got to we got to pump some energy into the life of, of Baylor Bears fans. So and luck, you know, luckily the. uh the men's basketball team was kind of able to salvage the weekend for us because the women fell to Maryland and Baylor loses in, in gut wrenching fashion to our rival there. But Hey, the, the men's team comes through with a big win against UCLA and uh, should be an, another exciting season for the men at least. Man. And those guys are only going to get better, dude. I mean, oh, yeah. it's, it's going to get really good for those guys. I think down the stretch, especially once we get into big 12 play. Super excited about Big 12 play, and I think like for the first time ever, we're we're the number one rated offense in the Ken Palm rankings. So hey, we we've we've got the offense to beat anybody, and now um, we'll see what we can do on the and, defensive end. And that offense hasn't even scratched the surface yet, for sure, for sure. And I I think still guys are still carving out roles on the team. I know Bridges hasn't played well to start the year. I expect him to be a big contributor, but uh, Loner man, Loner Loner. Whatever the, the guy from BYU, he's been really active, Stud. really active, really like his game, and uh, I think he's going to be good for us. He's a stud, and I'm under the impression that Keontae George is the best player in the United States of America, and he hadn't even figured out how to have a great scoring game just yet. I mean, the guy, seriously. I mean, that team, yep. the 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 wealth of talent that Scott drew, he has been accumulating some incredible talent for a long time but this season in particular it's kind of embarrassing it's like it's we're stupid rich we're stupid rich with talent like we're going to be able to play nine to eleven guys just just every night so yeah really excited about about the team and the way that's going and yeah Keontae George man he's just like look I know Flagler and Cryer can score it but just when you watch Keontae play he's just so smooth and it just looks so easy for him and look he's 18 years old He's going up against 22, 23-year-old guys, so he's going to figure it out. Just going to take him take him some time, and he's never f- uh, faced a defense quite like Virginia. Um, so, you know, hey, he's, he's going to figure it out. So, um, all right, we've we've 
we've delayed it long enough. Let's let's talk about this TCU game. Um, a very oh man, just two weeks in a row of really bad losses, both like totally and completely different losses. And what made this one like so gut wrenching? Like it's gut wrenching because you lose on a last second field goal, and that could for for that to happen against any team sucks. But then you add on top of it, it is senior night. It's against our biggest rival who's undefeated, who's currently uh, projected to get in the, the college football playoff, who beat us last year to likely keep us out of the college football playoff. Like you add all those layers onto this and then the student, they're like they're lining up the gates. So the students like have to rush the field and not, you know, run over the TCU football team. The students are filing in from the second uh, level of the student section and everything is like, oh, so many layers to why that was a just terrible, terrible way to lose that game against TCU. Um, God, God, what? I, I, I don't even know. I, I, I just put all that out there and I don't even know where to go from there. Like, dude, so let me uh, let me talk about some positives real quick. You're wearing a Green Bay Packers T-shirt as we talk through this. Go Pack, go! So I I'm a youth pastor, right? And so I've got a volunteer Sunday school teacher for me, whose son spent several years as a trainer for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, when COVID hit, he kind of had to get creative with looking for work. And so now he's actually been kind of contracting with different college football teams weekend to weekend. And he was with TCU this past weekend. And his dad, the guy that volunteers for me at church, walked up to me Sunday and said, you're not going to believe what Spencer said about Baylor. And, of course, I'm going, oh, don't tell me. <laughs> like, uh, I'm over it, right? <laughs> and he says, no. Spencer said that might be the best student section in the United States of America. And this is a guy that's been in NFL stadiums. This is a guy who's been in plenty of SEC stadiums uh, doing contract work on the sidelines says that student section was insane. Mm. And I brought a group of my uh, high school and middle school students from church to that game. And we were sitting in the berm and the entire time they are just locked in staring at our student section. And I told them multiple times, I said, Hey y'all, that is the most fun place in the stadium because they were partying oh, yeah. all four quarters, being loud, harassing that sideline, cheering our team on. I just got to say Baylor students. So well done. I was so pleased with the energy there. Um, especially on such a cold day. I know the stadium wasn't even full, but that student section was going. Yeah, I, and after that, after that, I don't have a lot of positives, man. That was that, that was about <laughs> it. I I will say this. I will say this because we as a fan base tend to scream about everything on Twitter after a big loss. The defense played well enough to win the game. Totally against a really, really potent offense, man. Totally, totally, and one hundred percent agree with you. I mean, played really well considering how good that TCU offense is. And, hey, I, I want to mirror your what you're saying about the student section. Um, they did a fantastic job this past weekend. And even before um, against Kansas State, um, you know, putting together the blackout, and they showed up against Kansas State, and they were ready to pop. 
they were ready to go crazy. And I'm glad that, you know, the game didn't end the way we wanted it to, but I'm glad that we were able to give the students a game like that, where they were able to keep that high energy throughout the game. So yeah, I, I, that, that was a huge positive. And to your point about the defense. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this defense up until this point was giving up. I think we were bottom 20 in the nation in third down and we were giving up 45% on, on third downs. And, uh, you know, TCU went four for 10 on third down. So, Hey, we, we were under our average. Um, but really the, the big story to me was we were able to keep Kendra Miller in check 115 yards on the ground for them as a team. Duggan ended up being the guy that led them and Miller was 10 carries, uh, 41 yards and a touchdown. So that run defense really gave us a chance and kept us in the game. But like, yeah, you're absolutely right. The defense played well enough to win that game. And up until, uh, up until the last, you know, half of the fourth quarter I had kept one of the best offenses in the nation to 20 points to 20 points. And I, I have to bring up the pass interference on in the end zone. That, that was one of the most atrocious pass interference calls I've ever seen. And I don't like to come on here and talk about officiating. I'm certainly not going to say that's, that's why um, we won or lose a game is by officiating, but you have to bring it up when it's that bad, because first off it like, even if, the ball was catchable inbounds. I don't think it was pass interference. I thought that was both guys just hand fighting, fighting for position. So then when you add on top of it, that the ball was five yards out of bounds, that uh, Quentin Johnston had to go five yards out of bounds to catch the ball. And then they throw the pass interference. I mean, oh, I, I, I pretty much lost it in the stands. And that is a that's a four point swing right there because you expect that you know they that that was a third and goal, I believe it was a third and goal. Um, so it that, was you're that, right. So that's a field goal. Um, so that's four points right there. So, man, I, I I was I was proud of the way the defense played and definitely gave us a a, a more than a good enough chance to win. And uh, man, we really wish that pass interference had, had gone a different way. Certainly not the reason we lost the game though. No, you're right. And we've we've been Baylor fans and Big 12 football fans long enough to know you're just going to get a bad call um, pretty frequently in this league. That's just kind of how it goes. Travis, that game, came down to it. And the rubber met proverbial road. The offense didn't get a first down. Yep. In multiple places. All it took to win the game. First down. One first down, baby. I think that's what's so hard to swallow. Yep. And who we who we who we place the blame on for that. There seems to be some contention in the Twitter sphere. Um, I certainly have my opinion. What say you? Yeah, I I think it. It, it comes down to two things in my mind. Um, first off, when I think about the, our, our two, last two offensive drives, uh, we certainly were very conservative, um, certainly very conservative. And that is like kind of part of the offense is we're not really able to get aggressive by the type of offense, offense we run um, in those moments. And just speaking on our, our last drive when we went three and out, um, no one is disagreeing that we should have run the ball on first and second downs. 
I am I am not disagreeing about that. I think if we had come out on first down and threw the ball, people would have go- been going insane. Um, but to just kind of hand it off up up the middle um, was something that I didn't really understand like two times in a row. Um, we had the counter going all game. And like for as good as Grimes can be, sometimes he will just do some things where you're just like, what are we doing? Like, what what exactly are we doing here? Because those counters were like, we no one had seen those all year, and we bust them out. And we're we're I would like to see our yards per carry on the counters. It had to be upwards of six to eight yards a carry on the counters. And I think TCU did a good job in the second half of of finding a way to stop that a few times, but it kept being effective throughout the game. And so I was a little disappointed we didn't give. Uh, someone a chance on the outside with the counter with the sweep something like that um and then hey right there on third down it's our bread and butter play play action roll out you've got guys at multiple levels you've got the safety blanket in ben sims who is going to go down as one of the best tight ends if not the best tight end in, in baylor history and he's no one within eight yards of him and he's even has his hand up. I saw the picture. Even has his hand up. Hey, hey, Blake, please throw me the ball and we'll win the game. And uh, Blake just didn't see him. And to your like, this is uh, this is the one like thing I have to say about Blake Shapen. And, and I said a lot about Blake Shapen last week, and, and I'll give you the floor on Shapen. But here's something I didn't say: is when the lights are the brightest and when the rubber meets the road, like you said, he doesn't show up he he doesn't show up he can't make the play and I, I'm trying to think of a time where we really could lean on Blake to win us a game and I don't think we've been able to do that at all I, I think the times in this year where we where our offense has come out and kind of scored in the fourth quarter to put a, a game away uh that being OU and they're at Kansas uh versus Kansas was handing the ball off it was relying on the running backs and we really haven't been able to um, rely on shaping to go win us a game. So that's kind of my synopsis of the last um, bit of the uh, game there. And look, I, I spoke a lot about shaping last week and uh, what say you, what say you? Well, I was not here to speak about shaping last week. Um, let me let me start by saying for the Jeff Grimes haters I don't remember the last time a Baylor fan was truly satisfied with our OC <laughs> even with <laughs> even even back to Kendall Briars and Phil Montgomery there was some whining anytime something didn't go right I think that's one of the most scrutinized positions in football and let's just remember what this offense was in 2020 before Jeff Grimes got here so I'm still a big Grimes guy. Grimes calls plays, Travis, like a guy who doesn't trust his quarterback. Mm. And so here's my thing, because, you know, some of my dear friends even have come at me because I'll admit on my football account at Preacher Pigskin, I was a little harsh on Blake. I've been a little harsh on Blake since Saturday. I was very angry Saturday. Maybe maybe some folks can understand that. I've come down a little bit since Saturday. I'm a little more level-headed. Here's why the Blake thing is so frustrating. Here's why it's so frustrating. Because a lot of people are like, 
dude, he's a first-year starter. Give him some time. And I would nod and say, in most circumstances, that would be fine. But this is not most circumstances. This is a guy who you chose over another guy, a senior, who just led you to a Big 12 and a Sugar Bowl championship, who did everything right by all accounts, on the field, off the field. And what we heard when that decision was made was, oh, boy, this offense is going to open up because Blake Shapin can throw the football. And I'll give you, Blake Shapin throws a pretty football compared to Gary Bohannon. But the numbers don't lie, Travis. I'm looking at their numbers right here. Blake Shapin, less yards per attempt and 14 to nine touchdown to interceptions. Gary Bohannon, more yards per attempt and 18 to seven touchdowns to interceptions. Let's not even mention, no, we're going to mention that Gary Bohannon averaged 4.3 yards per carry and scored nine touchdowns on the ground, and you constantly had to account for him as a runner. Yes. Blake Shapin is averaging 1.6 yards per carry. And remember, in college, your sacks, uh, your sacks do count against you, and yet 1.6 yards per carry <laughs> and two touchdowns. So you've removed the dual threat from your the quarterback position. And throwing the football, you've actually gotten worse. Mm. That is why I think all criticism of Blake Shapin with one game to go in the regular season is totally fair. Yes, he's a first-year starter. Could he come back next year and suddenly like really take a jump in year two? Yeah, sure, a lot of quarterbacks do. But the problem is we chased off a guy who also would have taken a huge jump in year two as a first-time starter was averaging almost seven yards a carry before he got hurt at USF this year, by the way. I <laughs> just want to mention that. <laughs> and it doesn't help, Travis, that the guy behind Shapin on the bench, I don't know what he is. I don't know how good he is. But he's at least a like-for-like like for Gary Bohannon with the arm talent of, of Blake Shapin. I agree. And so, okay, so there's – that felt good. I got that <laughs> off my chest. Get off the off your chest. Yeah, I got that good. off my chest. All that to say, all that to say, dude. If you as a as a Baylor fan who appears on multiple podcasts, I am still. I want to clarify for the Twitter mob. I root for Blake Shapin. I hope. I hope he throws for five hundred yards against Texas and shuts me up. Nothing would make me more happy. Also, nothing would make me more happy than if he was an All American shortstop for the Baylor baseball team. Because I'm a Baylor fan. <laughs> I'm rooting for the kid. And 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 some people have said this, Travis, and I want to know your take on this. Some people have said to me, Scotty, he hasn't looked the same since he got concussed since against West Virginia. I am not so sure because he also struggled at BYU. Yeah. Um, but I definitely wonder, you know, the funniest tweet I saw. Blake's slide matrix is broken as far as when he chooses to slide and when he doesn't, because he ran through a couple of hits Saturday that were really unnecessary. Yeah. And then one of the times we needed him to keep his, put his head down and, and that, that second to last drive, he just got, he needs two more yards to get the first down and he slides. And he slides. 
and we punt. And, yeah. and, and so Travis, I'm, I'm rooting for the kid. I'm not convinced he's it. I'm not convinced he's it. And, and I, and all I say, all I said, the other thing I said on Twitter and then I'll shut up. The other thing I said on Twitter that pissed people off is I said, I hope Blake gets the same treatment as Gary Bohannon. That doesn't mean I hope he has to transfer this off season. It means I hope there's a legitimate contest this spring to see who's the best quarterback on the roster. And if Blake loses, I hope they tell him. And then he either has the opportunity to also transfer out or switch to more of a baseball thing, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I had not heard the like concussion point and I don't really buy that. Um, because I think he's looked like the same quarterback from game one to what are we at game game ten game eleven now, I, I think he's looked like the same guy. Um, and yeah, his arm talent is there. He will make some throws. Like he made a, a third down throw to to Cam Bonner. Shout out Cam Bonner, first catch as a Baylor Bear, which was an, one of our best catches of the year. Um, and that was a hell of a throw. Like that's that's one of those ones we're like okay, like. Yeah, we know why this guy w- won the job. Um, but he's too he's too inconsistent with it because he's too in- inconsistent with his mechanics, I think. And when when he threw the interception before half, another 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 three points off the board for Baylor. Another three points off the board for Baylor at least. You know, he threw off his back foot. Um, you can't do that. He he, he had plenty of room in the pocket I think to step up and, and throw off his his front foot to the back of the end zone back of the pylon Baldwin had a step that that should have been either caught by Baldwin or overthrown one of the two can't be underthrown can't can't be intercepted and we've seen him struggle with with his footwork throughout the year but yeah I I, I don't buy the concussion thing I think he's looked like the same quarterback throughout the year I I really have not seen much much improvement from him and I know we're, we're harping on Blake a lot, so I, I do want to bring in the point that our receivers have struggled coming on as well, and they've had to gain some experience too, which is a, a, another kind of reason to your point. Like, why did we why did we chase off Bohannon when we're basically running the same offense minus the quarterback run, minus the the, the threat of the run? And so, like, may, may, and maybe that's part of the mistake on the coaches as well as putting so much faith in our young wide receiver core and expecting them to be something that they weren't and saying, yeah, Blake, Blake is like, if our receivers are going to be who we think they are, then yeah, Blake is the way to go. And it just, it just hasn't turned out that way. And, and it sucks. It really sucks. Like, so we're, we're not up here saying like, man, we hate, we hate Blake Shapin and we don't want him to succeed and all of that. Like, of course we want him to see, I was one of the biggest backers of Shapin of that decision. I was like, heck yeah, that's definitely the right decision. Absolutely. It's the right decision. And so you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty, and uh, yeah, I, I, it just kind of looks like the same offense minus minus the quarterback run. And like, you've got to make decisions at quarterback that are best fit your team. And at this point, I think it's safe to say that that Bohannon would would have been the guy to stick with. The guy to stick with. Because um, the other point I brought up last week is, I think this team. I don't think I know this team has struggled with maturity. And leadership and Gary Bohannon as like, yes, Petrie, Bernard, Woods, uh, all those guys, definite, definite leaders. But I thought Bohannon really had solidified himself as like a guy that all the guys look to. And like when things are going wrong, like Gary's like super calm, 
everything's okay. Like, we're going to win this. We're going to lead this team. Like, I'm going to lead this team. You guys get behind me, get on my back, and, like, let's go. Um, and so that that was another big, like, piece of the – that we missed with uh, with with Bohannon. But, uh, yeah. And, that's, yeah, and, and, and that's just it, dude, is I somebody said, hey, where's the leaders on this offense? And I said, we let them transfer. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, again, not to harp on the kid, but uh, – my associate youth pastor who helped me lead this trip Saturday, bringing some kids up to the game. When Blake threw that pick, um, he actually leaned over and said, he walked straight to the bench and moped. Mm. And I didn't see it. And I was like, oh, that's weird. And then I heard the next day, the analyst on Fox saying the same thing. Yeah. Pointing out that he, he threw a pick and his first reaction was to go sit by himself and mope about it. And, and listen, Man, that's got to be an emotional hard thing. Uh, but you just can't do that. You can't yeah. do that 11 games of the season in such a big ball game. Uh, you know, other guys, other guys, um, they need you to stay confident. And I just, that's the other thing, man. I don't know how much of this, Travis. I think his confidence is shot. For sure, 100%. And so, and so sure, like I know, like those of us calling for drones at times, it's like, well, that's just going to kill the kid. And I'm like, well, I don't know how confident he is right now. So do you pull the plug and, and see what drones can do just to see and you build Blake back up into the bowl game or do you, I mean, look, look, tough, that's, that's part of it, man. Like that's, that's athletics. Like if you don't perform, you're going to get benched at, right. at any level, at right. any level, you know? And like, we know these are young kids, but at, but at the same time, like it is what it is, man. This is a multi-million dollar business. Like you've got serious, uh, financial uh, financial gains and losses that go with how well your football team does. Like it is what it is. So like, yeah, I, I think his confidence is, is pretty shaken. And I think maybe putting drones in might even be like a shot to the arm to, to Blake to say like, dude, like take, take a step back and like, we need you, man. Like we need you to step up, and if not, then then you're just not going to be the guy. Um. So yeah, that's 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 kind of all I've got to say on on that. I don't know if you have anything else. I got some other thoughts, man. I don't know how helpful they are. I I would just say, <laughs> yeah, I I this is what I texted you, and I don't mind saying this on a public podcast. I just said this is my least favorite. And I told told you so ever, because I never 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 liked the idea of Gary not being the starter all spring. I was like, why are we doing this? Like, what are we, what are we doing? Uh, and, and I've, I even texted my dad about this and he's like, well, Blake had a better spring and looked way better in the spring game. I'm like, yes. And apparently the coach and the coaches weighed spring game and and spring practice more than an entire season's worth of work. Mm. And, and here's what I know about Aranda, Travis, Aranda, learns from where he screws up. I really believe that about him. I don't see him making the same mistake twice often, if ever. And so I, I am hopeful that, you know, even though I just said, I hope there's an open competition this spring. I hope it's, you know, I, I'm very hopeful they won't be so quick in the off season to make another dramatic switch at any position, yeah. you know, without really knowing for sure. Hey, I want to point out one more bright spot. I thought of this as we were talking. I mentioned the student section being kind of our lone bright spot. Richard Reese did set the single season mm. freshman rushing record 
at Baylor, surpassing the great Shock Linwood. So Richard Reese now with 908 yards on the season, 5.2 average on the season, and 14 touchdowns along with 89 receiving yards. Travis, Richard Reese going down as one of the greatest, not just freshman backs, which he now is statistically the best freshman back, but one of the greatest freshman seasons in Baylor history, man. Absolutely, 100%. And, like, look, Shock Linwood, when he was uh, a freshman, we had we had weapons all across the board. And this year, Richard Reese has really put the team on his back and has won us a lot of games and has been the absolute bright spot on the offense. And it's been really fun to, to watch him run. I, I mean, every time he, he gets the ball – it's like he could score he could score on any run and to see him do that as a freshman and to see his growth throughout the year um has been really fun and like i'm super happy for him he got the uh NIL deal with Reese's like man i'm i'm super pumped up about Richard Reese and super excited to see uh the rest of his Baylor career because i think it's going to be freaking awesome it's it's already been freaking awesome so i i thank you for for bringing that up i meant to bring that up as well so, um, are we, hmm, I kind of want to ask this question. I kind of don't. So if it, if it goes off the rails, we'll, we'll cut it out. How much of the decision to go with Blake Shapin was coach Grimes trying to prove what his offense can be? I, I, Dude, I, don't, I, I, I don't know. We can speculate, bro. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that any of us will know, man. I mean, between between Sean Bell coaching quarterbacks, Grimes on the OC spot, and, and Aranda, I have no way of knowing how much weight each dude had in that decision. I, Travis, I don't think Grimes has anything to prove, man. And I know that's not that's not really the popular take right now, but the dude is on just about every – head coaching search shortlist right now because I mean again just the jump we for how easily we've forgotten dark year of 2020 <laughs> and 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 2020 which made what I contend is still one of the, the greatest quarterbacks in Baylor history Charlie Brewer look like absolute booty <laughs> um and and these exact same running backs by the way all of these exact same running backs that we're using now outside of Richard Reese Abram uh not Abram Smith, but Tay McWilliams and Quaylen Jones and Squirrel Williams. And, you know, that like made them look pathetic in 2020. Larry Fedora's offense yep. is so incompetent. Jeff Grimes comes in the next year and we have an offense that can hang with anybody. So, you know, um, I don't think he has anything to prove, Travis. Yeah. I mean, what Not he did agree. at BYU, what he did at BYU was special. You know, and then what he's doing at Baylor, you know, this is a down year from last year. I still think it's got a lot to do with personnel. I'm really curious to see if there's a lot of growth next year, but I don't know, man. I For think sure. they went with the I think they went with the flashy talent arm, man. And it some of the other stuff just isn't there. Yeah. Hey, certainly he's young. Certainly he can get better. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what we do here uh next year with the offense. And I, hey, I said this too last week. If we roll out with the same offense next year, uh, Grimes and Shapin, I'm not gonna lie. I might be a little bit disappointed. Might be a little bit disappointed. But uh, the offense needs a shot in the arm, I think. So it'll be interesting to see what we do. 
Alright, this week's oh-so-good player of the game. I have to give a shout-out to the entire Baylor defense showing up, I thought, playing well against a very, very good TCU offense and gave us a chance to win the game. On offense, Squirrel Williams, 19 carries, 112 yards. Richard Reese breaking the Baylor freshman rushing record. Um, 10 carries, 56 yards, and one touchdown. But who I thought gave us the best chance to win? Monterey Baldwin. Six receptions, 123 yards. But it's the catches that he didn't have that I thought gave us the best opportunity to win. I thought he was underthrown two times in that game that should have been touchdowns. And so, yeah, he got open throughout that game, had that long 74-yard reception to give us a chance. So Monterey Baldwin, your oh-so-good player of the game. We are staring uh, six and six straight in the face. That was, uh, if, you, if, if you don't remember, my good sir, uh, was my floor for the year was six and six. And here we are. Did I laugh at you when you said that at the time? I probably did. <laughs> I'm I'm sure a lot of people did. I'm sure a lot of people did. And it hurt me saying it. It hurt me saying it. But, uh, but yeah, man, like di- didn't really have a wide receiver emerge yet. Uh, defensive backs are still kind of making some mistakes, um, which were kind of the two things that, that I was worried about coming into the year. Um, but the things we saw, we, uh, thought would be good kind of haven't been as good and we haven't been able to generate pressure and, uh, okay. We just talked about quarterback play hasn't, hasn't improved much, but Hey, we're staring six and six straight in the face. And, uh, Hey, you know what? We're going bowling. So let's not be sad. We're, we're going bowling, man. And that's an extra month of practice and, um, always fun for the players. And we've got, uh, one last trip here to Austin, most likely, for a long, long time. So I'm excited for the game. Um, it's a Friday night game, Friday afternoon game, I think. Uh, Texas opens up as an eight-and-a-half-point favorite, which seems pretty much about right to me. Uh, seven and four, five and three in conference. You're shaking your head at me. I want to know why. Uh, coming off of a 55-14 to 14 win um, over Kansas, and they need to beat Baylor and have Kansas State lose which is highly unlikely, but hey, they do need to win for them to even have a chance to get into the Big 12 title game, uh, number two scoring offense in the Big 12, number three scoring defense in the Big 12. Why don't you agree with the eight and a half point line? Dude, I'm taking Baylor with that all day. I, dude, Travis, I'm guilty of two things in life, man. Tell me. I'm guilty of being a homer (laughs) and I'm guilty of being an optimist, right? So here we are. Listen. I still, despite the record, don't buy this Texas team. I don't buy Sark as a head coach. Maybe I'm a I'm a late adopter, man. But listen, even before the season, I said there's one game I know for a fact we're going to win, and it's in Austin. And despite what this past Saturday was, and despite how blood-boiling angry I am with the deficiencies of this team at various points this season. Eight and a half is too much. We are going to win that game. And if we don't win that game, it's going to be another heartbreaker. I just don't think we win. I don't think we lose by more than a touchdown. I just do not see it. By the way, you know, DKR, one of the weakest road environments in the Big 12, despite its magnitude. 
So really, really think it's going to be a competitive ball game on Friday. Yeah. I think it'll be really competitive. Um, I thought, you know, I think eight and a half is kind of the right, um, the right score because you get three to three and a half points for playing at home. And then I think on a neutral field that, you know, UT would be favored by about three or four points. So yeah, I think, I think eight and a half for, for the sake of Vegas is about right. Um, but yeah, I I'm with you. I think being able to come off of that, uh, really just embarrassing loss to Kansas state, um, pretty much losing our, our chance at the big 12 and then to show up the next week with that energy and that fight, um, was really fun and awesome to see. It was something I was just a tad bit worried about. Like, man, if we have another game where we just can't get up, you know, if we can't get up for this TCU game, like there's some serious questions that are going to need to be asked about, I hate to say it, Dave Aranda, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're waving your hands and I am too. Like how crazy of me to think that we wouldn't come out ready to play and ready to fight, especially against TCU. And, and that's exactly what we're going to see on Friday in Austin, these seniors um, have been through it as well. They, they were there for 2020, you know, minus Apu, but like, Hey, they're going to be ready to play. Not many more chances to go up to Austin and knock off the Longhorns. And look, I, I know it's likely that Kansas state wins their game and, and Texas loses out on the, on the big 12, but uh, let's just shut that down and let's just beat them. Like our run game is solid. Our defense is able to stop the run. I feel good about stopping Bijan, as crazy as that sounds. Maybe not stopping him, but limiting him. I think we're going to learn from our game plan or lack thereof of game plan versus Deuce Vaughn. And uh, we're going to come in prepared uh, for Bijan and really limit him. And I think we're going to make it hard on yours. I think he's been really struggling here as of late. And I think if we can just kind of – Honestly, make them throw, like make them throw. And I, I think we're going to pick them off at least once. And I feel good about the fight of this team for sure. But uh, what if there's one thing Baylor's got to do to win this game, what do you think it is? You said it. Stop Bijan. Mm. Bijan Robinson is the best player in the Big 12. And and like Bijan, it's it's a combo here I feel good about. Bijan has struggled this season against – great teams he's had his worst performances in the biggest games and B. John couldn't do jack squat against this Baylor defense last year and as we've pointed true. out as we've pointed out this Baylor defense is missing some really really key pieces from that last year's team but has maintained the ability to stop the run for and sure so I agree I think if you stop B. John make Texas one-dimensional Sark is also quick to going to the pass even when B. John's playing all right yeah, I think I'd I'd rather take my chances with yours than have B. John pop off some big runs. Yeah, that's that's definitely one of my bare necessities this week. And the other thing is we we got to play a full sixty minutes of complimentary football. Um, and I've got less than a minute here uh, left with you. But uh, if you go through this schedule and you look at our losses, um, we did not play complimentary football in any of those losses. Uh, when you look at our wins, we played complimentary football. Special teams, offense, defense, and that sounds obvious, and it sounds like something you say when you don't know what you're talking about because it's easy to say, but it is the truth. Like, run through our schedule, look at our losses, look at our wins, and uh, look at when we played complimentary and look at look at when we didn't, and that tells the story of the year. 
So for me, we got to come in and play complimentary football with high energy and uh, we can win this game. Complimentary football means run the football. Because just like I think Sark's been a little fast to go to the pass at times this year, Grimes has definitely, even at the beginning of the second half this past weekend in CCU, been really trigger happy to go to the pass when you're running the football just fine. Let let pretty Ricky Reese get to a thousand, <laughs> get to a thousand yards on the season against Texas. Let's stop the run. And if we complement our defense by running the football and running some clock like we did in all the games we've won. I think that really bodes well. I'm right there with you. Let's let's let Richard Reese eat eat all day. Uh, Scotty, always a fun time to talk Baylor football with you. Thanks for hopping on with me and uh, Sikkim Bears. Sikkim Bears, man. And please bear with me all day long, bro. Appreciate you. Thanks, Scotty. And now the bare necessities. All right, what does Baylor got to do here in Austin to get a win? First, we've got to hold Bijan under 100 yards rushing. This Texas offense is never better than when Bijan is clicking on all cylinders. And look, Baylor has shown it can stop the run. It did an excellent job of doing that last week against TCU and really all year. We were able to hold Bijan last year, and I think we're able to do it again, but we've got to hold Bijan under 100 yards rushing. Need a little bit better game plan than we did against Deuce Vaughn. Secondly, Blake Shaven, he's got to take care of the ball. Like, simple as that. If he takes care of the ball versus TCU, we get a field goal right before half, and maybe it's a little bit different of a game. He's obviously got to play well, but I think the number one thing being he's got to take care of the ball. And thirdly, hey, you heard me earlier. We've got to play complimentary football. Excuse me. You look through this schedule, the games we've won, we are hitting on defense, we're hitting on offense, and we're hitting on special teams. And when we lose, we're not. One of those areas is lacking. So we've got to play complimentary football this game and go up into Austin and beat the Longhorns. Game prediction. Yes, what is your game prediction? I will tell you right now. So there is really no reason when looking on paper to think that Baylor can win this game. There's really not. But you know what? I think we're going to do it. I think we're going to be able to limit Bijan. I think we're going to be able to make it hard for Quinn Ewers. And I think after these last two weeks of disappointment for this team that they want to go up into Austin and to kick their tails. And we are going to be ready to play. Shapin is going to take care of the ball. We're going to play complimentary football. Complimentary. Why can't I say that word? We're going to play complimentary football. We are going to score points every time in the red zone. All of the pressure here on Texas, none of the pressure on Baylor. I don't think anybody thinks we can go up there and win. And for that reason, and for my homerism, I've got Baylor going up into Austin, Texas, into a lackluster crowd. And when I say lackluster, I mean not a very loud crowd. And Baylor wins in a close one, finally. 31 to 29.
we are nearing the end of the season and my picks have gone downhill here in the last couple of weeks. You know, not really happy with myself at the decision to bring in the uh, other four teams joining the Big 12, but it is what it is. And I was, you know, one game under 500 there, and last week was not my week. I went 3-5, and five. so I am at 34-37-2. and two. I got two pushes. Um, so, hey, I got to make up some ground here in the last couple of weeks. Probably going to pick bowl games, too. So, But still, hey. I'm running out of time. Uh, Where I was right, though, number 15 Kansas State went up to West Virginia and won 48-31. Kansas State was favored by 7.5 points, so I was correct there with Kansas State. Tech at Iowa State. I had Tech plus 3.5 points because I knew Iowa State just can't score. Tech ended up winning uh, 14-10, which is kind of a shocking score. But hey, I was right there. Number 22, Oklahoma State at OU Bedlam. Maybe one of the last times we see Bedlam for a while, um, probably next year too, but uh, you know, one of the last few times that we're going to see this game. And OU scored 28 points in the first quarter and ended the game with 28 points. Um, Oklahoma State, just uh, their offense has really, really gone downhill. And uh, OU was favored by 7.5 points. Like I said, they won by 15, so I was correct there. But where I was wrong, See here, I had TCU minus two and a half points. We all know how that game ended. UT at Kansas, man, I really thought Kansas was going to give them give them a run for their money. I had Kansas plus nine points, and UT blew the doors off of them, fifty-five to fourteen. Um, so may, hopefully they're feeling high after that win, um, and coming back home and and giving a a bad performance, um, for the Bears. Navy at number 20, UCF, and got all three of these uh, these extra games wrong. I had UCF minus 16 and a half points. Navy beat them outright 17 to 14. Houston went to East Carolina. I thought East Carolina had uh, started to play well there, and Houston um, blew the doors off of them. 42 to 3 Houston. I had ECU plus six points. Number 25, Cincinnati went to Temple. I had Cincinnati, uh, excuse me, I had Temple plus 17 points. They lost by 20, 23 to 3. So it's clear that I need to do some more research on these four teams getting added to the Big 12, or uh, man, my picks are going to really, really suffer. So hey, let's roll into week 13 here. Baylor at UT. UT favored by 8.5 points. Give me Baylor. I don't think they win by more than a touchdown and two-point conversion. West Virginia at number 22, Oklahoma State. And just for the sheer fact that West Virginia doesn't really have anything to play for, and they're playing in Stillwater, I am going to take Oklahoma State minus 8.5 points. I expect Spencer Sanders to play his last game in Stillwater. Iowa State at number 4, TCU. TCU only favored by 9.5 points. Expected that to be a little bit bigger, but give me TCU. I don't think they have any trouble with Iowa State. Certainly don't think Iowa State can score um, enough points to keep up. OU at Tech. OU's coming off a big win. I think they have a letdown here at Tech. I think Joey McGuire has these guys ready to go with a chance to beat OU. Doesn't matter how bad or how good they are. Uh, always can get up for OU. OU favored by two points, so give me Tech plus two. Kansas at Number 15, Kansas State. And, man, maybe Kansas is going to have a bounce-back game here with Jalen Daniels back at quarterback. Kansas State is favored by 12 points. 
but I think Kansas State comes out ready to play. They control their destiny in the Big 12 title race, and I think Kansas State wins by at least 12 points, so give me the Wildcats. All right, here we go. BYU at Stanford. BYU's favored by six and a half points. They've been so up and down this year. I don't trust them, so give me Stanford, even as bad as Stanford is, plus six and a half. Number 21, Tulane at number five, 20, at number 25, Cincinnati. And give me Tulane, plus two points on the road. Number 20, UCF at USF. And hey, I made the mistake last week of picking UCF minus 16.5. They're favored by 19.5 this week. And look, I'm probably going to make the same mistake, but hey, I'm taking UCF. Tulsa at Houston. Houston favored by 12 points. Give me Houston. Thanks for bearing with me again. And thanks to Scotty Swingler for hopping on. He's always happy to do it. And I'm always happy to have him. I hope everyone has a happy Thanksgiving this week. Go spend time with your families, with your loved ones, and eat. Just eat a lot of food, right? Eat a lot of food for me. When you're sitting there at your table and you're eating your turkey and your stuffing and whatever you eat, think about me, okay? Just do it, all right? Just do it. Hey, if you're still feeling down about the loss to TCU, sucks for you. Can't help you. Can't help you at this point. Get over it. We're heading up to Austin, maybe for the last time. So let's get excited. We got a Friday game. That means we got a free weekend. And hey, let's get us a big win. And let's ride out into the sunset of what this season is on a high note. With a win in Austin. This is Travis Corley saying stay safe. And Sikkim Bears. The Please Bear With Me podcast was created by Scotty Swingler. It's hosted and produced by Travis Corley in affiliation with 247 Sports and Bears Illustrated.